what is up people and thank you so much for listening in to this episode of the new generation hero talk podcast i'm your host ej stewart we got a very special show for you guys today because it is our jenny awards nominee special it is our show where we recognize the uh best that we've seen in superhero television movie uh, t- uh television specifically not movies <laughs> just television um so this is our nominee show if you guys have not been familiar with the show every year we've been doing this award show where we where we where we try to talk about what we thought was the best stuff we saw this year we have a bunch of different categories we'll be giving you guys our nominees and then we'll have a uh, award show later on in about a couple of weeks that will will be our uh, our reveal for who won once we do our voting but last night uh we had a very extensive uh, pre-production meeting process where we talked about pretty much every show, every character, and came up with our list. We actually were planning to do the show on Thursday, which you guys probably remember if you heard our podcast on Monday where we said that we would do it. We had to push it back because we were so, it took us hours to come up with the list that we came up with. So super excited to finally reveal those uh, those, those nominees that we'll, be, uh, that we'll be deciding on in a couple of weeks. And then we've got some other uh, quick new news we'll get to. I know this is supposed to be majority about the nominees, but we do want to quickly uh, go over some of the new stuff this week. Uh, I think the biggest stuff happened with CW in regards to the return of Superman and a new character also debuting in the Arrowverse during this year's CW crossover. So, plenty to get to on this show. We'll try to keep this one not as long as the other one since we're, again, focusing mostly on the nominees for the Jenny Awards, Shamari uh, is here with me. As always, Shamari, what are you looking forward to in regards to the Jenny Awards nominees that we'll be talking about? I'm looking forward to uh, getting into some of these new shows. We've got a lot of new shows this year. So that's something that's very special. I mean, we always have new shows. Um, at least, you know, for the last one we did, we had new shows. Um, but this year, we've got a lot of new shows, a lot of new characters. So there's a lot of fresh heat. You know, these new shows coming in packing. Packing a lot of heat, a lot of good characters, a lot of good moments, a lot of good episodes, so it should be fun to talk about. Kendall joins us as well. Kendall, this is probably, as Ken Shamari alludes to all the shows we discussed uh, yesterday, I think this is the the largest collection of shows we've had to debate over. In fact, I put it out there uh, to be completely transparent. One show actually didn't make the cut in terms of us being able to watch all the shows is Legends of Tomorrow this year. Um, so that is not part of the Jenny Awards this year, unfortunately, um, because there's so many shows to catch up on. If we did, if we tried to watch Legends, this show would have, uh, bled into the new, um, the new season of shows. We didn't or want that to happen. we wouldn't have had lives for the last six months. Yes. And we, of course, if we <laughs> stayed on it, we wouldn't be able to do anything else. Cause there, again, we, I spent the last two weeks binging three shows. I had to watch Jessica Jones, uh, Legion, and Krypton. So I still haven't finished Legion. Yes, and I'm you still have, you're about halfway through through Legion. Though Legion is represented well in this uh, nominee show. Kendall, what do you uh, what do you think about the expansive field we had to uh, we had to go over this year? Uh, wasn't too daunting of a task. I mean, clearly it was fairly daunting because we didn't we yeah <laughs> do it. I, I was I, I'd say I disagree with that, but okay. Uh, I only say that because I know that next year is going to be even more daunting because none of these shows are going anywhere, and we're adding more shows it seems so um that will that will certainly add a wrinkle to this but like Shamari mentioned there are plenty of new 
shows to talk about for this year's Jennies that we'll eventually be talking about very soon. Um, obviously, The Punisher is a new show. I took us. We still didn't do a. We never did a review show for The Punisher, but that's all on you. Which is a shame. Obviously, that's all your Punisher. fault, Kendall, because we, me and Shmarf finished Punisher a long time ago. I mean, Shmarf was the first one. Yeah, Shmarf and then, the then I one. months later yeah. I finished, and I was waiting for you, yeah. and you just never got on it. Yeah, I mean, my thing is like so completely throwing you under the bus. <laughs> yeah, it would have been. Yeah, I mean, it would have been bad to. We were we were way past the Punisher once we didn't watch it the first week. But my thing is though, the Punisher is is was a very very strong show. So doing that was uh, unfortunate, not being able to do it. But it'll be well represented in this show. Uh, Jessica Jones is another show we never reviewed, but uh, probably won't have as many. Uh, or well, you'll see if it has any nominees, but it likely won't have as many as uh, the Punisher. All right, so let's get to it. Before we do our nominees, let's quickly go over the news. We're going to kind of do a quick hitter segment at the top. So let's begin with CW. So uh, it was announced this week that Tyler Hoechlin's Superman will make a return to the Arrowverse in CW's uh, midseason uh, crossover event that's happening. It, it, it seems like this year is only going to be three episodes. I know last year it included Legends of Tomorrow. This year it seems like it's only going to be Supergirl, Flash, and Arrow. It will not only include Tyler Hawkins' Superman, but it will be de- the debut of Lois Lane. Um, and Batwoman. And Batwoman, of course, we, we already know. But in terms of news this week, uh, Lois Lane, who has not appeared in the CW yet, uh, or in the Arrowverse, even before uh, when Supergirl was on CBS, Lois Lane's been mentioned. Obviously, they had Lois Lane's sister on there. Uh, but she, she, that character has never made an appearance. This will be the first time we'll be seeing Lois and Clark on the CW and on Arrowverse, well, at least in this iteration, of course, we had Smallville years, many years ago. Shamari, I'll go to you first on this since you are the resident Smallville fan. You were the last person who saw Lois and Clark on CW. Uh, are you excited about the idea of uh, Tyler Hawkins returning Superman and Lois Lane debuting this year? Well, I mean, it's not Tom Welling. So, uh, no, I'm just <laughs> um, no, you, yeah. you and like the ten people who are still calling for Tom Willing. Yeah, man, I'm still look. I'm still out. I'm still out there holding those signs. I want season eleven. I want to see the Welling cut. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> but no, like, yeah. I mean, I'm excited. You know, I'm excited. I mean, it should be cool to see Superman return. Um, and seeing Lois Lane should be nice. You know, I mean, um, I mean, I'm not like you know going crazy. You know, I'm not, you know, losing my mind. I don't think Lois Lane is going to change Supergirl forever. But it should be good to see Lois Lane make an appearance. And it'll be interesting to see Lois Lane um, having any kind of impact with this whole Batwoman situation. I'm wondering how they're going to, how, how that's even going to happen. Yeah, I think the whole Lois Lane thing, Kendall, is interesting when Shamar does mention Batwoman. Because, you know, I think it's so funny. Like, we when we got Superman, Kendall, in the Arrowverse, it was a big deal. Um... He hasn't, of course, crossed over yet with the Flash or Arrow. We'll see that finally this year, but for some reason, it just still feels like Batman is is as you mentioned when you quickly mentioned Batwoman is still hanging over the heads of Verlanti's Arrowverse. So, what do you make of Superman and Lois Lane's addition when they try to also combine that with which will also be Ruby Rose's debut with Batwoman? Well, I mean, speaking on Batman, I mean. We've had we've already had a, a Bruce Wayne name drop, so it's a, we know he's in the universe. Uh, they teased uh, Batman on Supergirl, obviously, so we assume that Superman's had very much had interactions with Batman. So that would actually mean there's two Bruce Waynes. 
Because remember, Supergirl's from a different universe. Possibly, yeah. That's what you. That's what you would think. Um, although obviously, you know, the Flash and Arrow are interacting with Supergirl, so is it possible that Superman and Batman do the same thing? I mean, that'd be weird. That's true. But <laughs> I mean, it's not impossible. But uh, no, yeah. Uh, so I don't know if we'll ever get Batman. I mean, we're so far away from that, like. I mean, if it's next year, will the Flash be around next year? Will Arrow be around next year? <clears throat> they don't seem to be slowing down on, you know, taking the, getting rid of these shows. But mm-hmm. uh, we, I mean, right now the way we're at the pace we're adding all these shows, um, you would think that at some point one of those shows is going to be out of here. The favorite seems to be Legends of Tomorrow for in terms of the show that doesn't have the shelf life uh, to go eight seasons. Arrow is another candidate because it's been on forever. Uh, and you throw in the Batwoman show, it makes you wonder will they, if they're doing Gotham City, at some point choose Batman? And if you do that, now you basically have everybody. You'd have free reign to use any DC character. Besides Wonder Woman. So, um, that's obviously the, the wrinkle when it comes to Batman, but having Superman and uh, Lois Lane, it's a little surprising that Lois Lane is in it. Um, cause what's the point? You know, I, I mean, is it, do they feel, is there an integral, is her character going to be integral to the story or is, or is it going to be a situation where Superman, they're just putting her and Superman in this story for clicks or for views, for ratings. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't look at Lois Lane as a, as a ratings grabbing character, especially when you're already putting Superman in there. So I'm thinking it's probably she'll probably have a role in the story. I might disagree with you on that. Uh, if this was, I don't know, if this was a different network, maybe I would. But on CW, a, a network that does champion its its women characters, its women heroes, I do think that uh, for a show like Supergirl that uh, is very popular amongst women, that adding Lois Lane has great value. To the crossover, I don't know, but in terms of just to the universe, I would disagree. I'd say. Oh no, I'm not saying. I'd say that she has great value. I'm not saying she, not having her. I'm saying, like, it sounds as if this is going to be somewhat of a one-off for the crossover. Like she won't be as uh, even a. I mean, we don't know. I mean, that all we know yeah, is that she will make her debut on yeah. that. I mean, maybe she's a recurring and, character. If she is, then it's a little different. And look, I mean, if she uh, to me, if she appears as much as Superman has appeared, I think that that's a win. Yeah, I think that we would all say, wow, that's pretty Like, I cool. look at it as, you know, me and Shamari do, uh, obviously, the Imperial broadcast. Um, and Star Wars Rebels did, like, they added Princess Leia for one episode. And it was cool. People watched it. They teased it in the trailer. People watched it probably more than most episodes. And she was off the show. It was only a one-episode thing, and it had really no impact <clears throat> on the overall story of the show. And it didn't do much. It felt like just a ratings grab. When, and that's why I say like if Lois isn't gonna appear in more than one or two episodes, or just if she's just this is only for the crossover, we won't see the rest of the season. What kind of impact can Lois Lane really have? Other, than, I mean, I think that Lois Lane is a huge character. I think that if you add someone like that to your story, it's I mean, even if it is on, on a one-off, that's still a big deal. I mean, it just raises. The, that's what I'm saying. It raises the importance what of I'm whatever saying. you're I, doing. And I don't I think that's like, a bad thing. I feel like it's that's why I feel like it's beyond a ratings grab. I think that they feel like 
there's a story that they want to tell that includes Lois Lane. Yeah, it's probably. I they're not so. just throwing there in. Yeah. They're not just throwing her in there just to, just for people. Yeah, make sure people yeah, watch our thing. Yeah, yeah, it's probably also a test run. You know, like just throw her in there, see yeah. how fans like her. That test from Metropolis. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, Tyler Hoffman Superman has been widely received positively. So, I don't think the Superman TV show is in the works. But I'm just saying, if they ever did want to go down that route, it seemed like he he was off to a good start. Then they made him disappear for a year, which I did, actually didn't mind as much, honestly. But uh, but if you're talking about introducing Lois Lane, you do get a little closer to thinking, well, is this a test run for something more? Um, I think this is cool. I think the fact that we can see like Superman interact with the Flash, something we've never seen on television before, uh, we barely even saw on the big screen when they had it on Justice League. That's something that could be really neat. And, uh, and of course, then combining him with Arrow and stuff. I, I think that all that should be really cool. I think adding Lois Lane makes it really cool. Um, especially for a show that's in Supergirl that's mentioned her kind of like several times. It's kind of nice to have finally have a, a face on that character. Very curious to see who they end up casting into that role. Uh, let's quickly move on, though, now. Let's talk about uh, the Black Panther. Because it was revealed this week in a report by the LA Times that uh, Marvel is investing more money and more time, more energy into uh, an Oscar campaign for Black Panther than it has for any other movie. In fact, Marvel really hasn't invested any time in uh, Oscar campaigns for previous films. But Kevin Feige said that uh, he wants to see this movie be recognized, and particularly uh, Ryan Coogler, who he, he really admired for the work he did in trying to tell not only the Black Panther story, but the story of uh, of himself, because Kugler had mentioned, or at least Kafagi mentioned, that Kugler uh, wanted to tell kind of his the history of his own heritage through this comic, this comic book movie, and we think we all saw those influences uh, for all black people in this country in that movie. So we've talked about it a couple of times, uh, kind of on this show, in regards to Black Panther's Oscar uh, chances. Marvel making it known very clearly. Uh, that they plan on trying to get it nominated for Best Picture, that they don't want anything to do with the Best Popular category that's being created this year. There's actually some word kind of that the Oscars may hold it off for a year just to make sure um, that it, Black Panther doesn't get pigeonholed into that, which is something that I ranted about uh, just a couple of weeks ago. So, Kendall, are you on board with the Black Panther uh, Oscar campaign? Uh, I mean, it's not my money. So, I mean, if D- Disney wants to push for Black Panther to get a Best Picture nomination, uh, more power to them. Um, if I were Disney, I mean, look, if I were Disney, I would do it because I have... Uh, limitless funds. I have limitless funds, yeah. There's so much disposable income that it doesn't matter, but... <laughs> you just gave them $71 billion, so yeah. I don't know if you got that much disposable income. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> you just but, gave them $71 billion. Um, I don't even know if Disney has that. But, uh... Man, Iger. Iger's got very deep pockets. Yeah, man. Mark Zuckerberg, what do he lose? Like, $200 billion <laughs> And he's, like, not sweating? <laughs> or he finally cracked his sweat? Um, but... Uh, no, but I wouldn't... But, so, if I were Disney, and it were my money, um... I probably... Just from a... From a business perspective, like EJ said, I just gave up the $71 billion, I probably wouldn't... I probably wouldn't do it. I mean, I'm sure it doesn't cost him that much. To, but I feel like it's probably... That would say a waste of time because I think it deserves recognition, but it's probably an effort that will probably won't work, unfortunately. Um, uh, Wonder Woman, 
is another movie that uh, Wonder Woman came out last year, right? Yeah. yeah. Yes. It and they Wonder Warner Brothers tried uh, to get a Best Picture nomination, couldn't do it. Uh, Logan. That's shocking to me. By yeah, the way. Logan. I don't know if I assume 20th Century Fox made the effort. I don't know. I heard that I, from what I remember, there was an effort. I don't know if it was a real effort. I don't know if it was a four core press. That it seems like Marvel is telegraphing right yeah. now. And I don't know if they, I don't know if Fox is gonna put like the, you know, like they're they're like giving, uh, you know, James Mangold some some money to, you know, campaign, and then there's like the entire 20th Century Fox department saying, Logan's our number one movie, make get yeah. this a nomination. Yeah, I mean, that sounds whole, like what Disney is yeah. probably doing with Black Panther. They're putting all their resources into Black Panther, uh, and if that's the case. I don't know. If, I don't think it's gonna work. But it's only what is it? August. I mean, not every movie's come out. I mean, are there some movie like if if you told me is Black Panther a top five movie now? Possibly. I mean, I I mean, if, I would think so. I mean, I, I can't. I haven't seen every movie, but I'm sure there aren't gonna be five movies that I see if I saw every movie that came out this year better than Black Panther. Could that change by the time we get to uh, early next year? I mean, possibly. But right now. It, just the way the Oscar, you know, system is 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 very is, is ran. It just doesn't feel like they're gonna give the they're gonna give this Black Panther movie a chance. Yeah, I'm kind of with you on that. I mean, um, I would love to see Black Panther get an Oscar um, to be see Black Panther represented at the Academy Awards <clears throat> to see uh, uh, such a a black movie mm-hmm. and such a a good. <laughs> and such a high quality black movie get representation um, at the Academy Awards and 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 a superhero movie, you know maybe it can crack it can crack that um, crack that mold as well, um, but I just don't think I just don't think these these people at the Academy I don't think they're I don't think they're gonna listen <laughs> you know I don't think they're going to be like this be like no 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 I don't I just don't think it's gonna have any effect I don't I don't think it matters how much money you throw at it honestly I think it's a generational thing you know I think it's a generational mm-hmm. thing I think the film the people that are 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 you know like the film buffs the people coming up now who are going getting into film uh they have to like it's it's just with everything else, it's generational. Time has to go by. We have to replace these old heads who are just like, <laughs> film has to be a certain type of way. You know, these big budget superhero movies are never going are never going to be taken seriously. You have to replace those people with new people. I think that's the only way that this is going to, um, that these this kind of effort is going to have, have any kind of impact. Yeah, I mean, I hear what you guys are saying. You guys are making good points. Uh, apparently, Disney hired uh, veteran Oscar strategist Cynthia Swartz to kind of orchestrate this campaign. I, I I think you guys make good points, but I do feel like it's important that they go through the, with the uh, effort. Yeah, they go through with the effort and go through the motion, so to speak, of trying to get this done. Because I think if they if if Marvel and these other superhero companies or movies tend to continue to rest on their laurels and say, oh, well, they won't consider us anyway, so why even bother? I don't know if that's ever going to really help the situation. Look, I, I've slammed the Academy on this show a million times, so I, I, you guys know how I feel about that. I don't need to do that again. But I do think that it is important that, uh, at the very least, 
Marvel makes the effort and goes halfway. And if maybe it doesn't help Black Panther in terms of getting nominated this year, which I don't know. I, I'm not going to just say obviously it won't happen only because I, there is a there is a fierce desire amongst Americans for this to happen. Um, I think that there will be more people rooting for this to happen than for any other movie to be nominated. So, uh, so when there's a will, there's a way. Sometimes, so if the, if 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 that will, along with the politics that goes behind the scenes that needs to be done, is done, I can't say that it's impossible. But even if it doesn't get accomplished, going that extra effort and showing these these people and exposing these people to something like Black Panther maybe opens the eyes of the Academy and says, oh, well, this is not a movie really I'm ever, uh, you know, open to or exposed to. And maybe they, it allows them to maybe more, be more open-minded and want to uh, invest more time and more uh, more art- artistic intelligence in terms of evaluating some of these uh, awesome superhero movies that come out every year. So I think that it, even if it doesn't work, so to speak, I think it will, it will still have some benefit, even if it's not to... You know, Coogler, Michael B. Jordan, you know, this cast, this crew for this movie, I think it could have a lot of ramifications and help a lot of future movies. And even outside of comic books, I think we even talk about black movies as well. Because when we talk about it from that standpoint, black movies also are rarely um, uh, are rarely mentioned or rarely uh, represented. represented at these award shows, especially the Oscars. So the black faces that or that will be part of this campaign also helps future black movies get put into that conversation as well. So I see this only as a positive, even if it doesn't work in the end, so to speak. I mean, I mean, to Kendall's point, I mean, it's Disney's money. You know, if, if they, <laughs> they want to spend it, go ahead. I encourage it, them to spend it. You know, I, I would never say no. Why are you doing this? Yeah, like, no, I, would, like, I, do I don't it. say, oh, that's stupid. You know, like, do it. You might as well. If I had that much money, I'd do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think I'm maybe a little more optimistic that it, this could work. Mm-hmm. Because of that wrinkle, yeah. Because of that wrinkle of a lot of people want this to happen, and even that whole popular film crap that they pulled a couple some weeks ago them. just put them under a microscope that they didn't expect. I think they thought they were clearly. Be, they're I think they thought they were going to be applauded for that, and yeah. then they got roasted. Clearly, they're feeling some Black Panther pressure by even exactly. making that category in the first place. What I don't like is that. I feel like there are movies right now. You look at you can look at lists of like predictions or previews for the 2019 Oscars of, up until like a month ago, and it's got like movies that are like front runners to be like you know best picture and you know movies that are candidates or whatever or what have you movies that are long shots, and there are movies on those on the front runners list that are months away from coming out. Yeah. I don't. I don't get it. How, how can you tell me that me. this movie is a front runner to, to to be a best picture and it, I have, you haven't seen the movie? Yeah, that makes no sense. That's why I went in last I, couple weeks yeah. ago when we did our thing because it's just about this movie looks like an Oscar. Yeah, movie. it's politics. So it, it's it's got to be an Oscar movie. This director did it. Yeah, exactly. This director did it. <laughs> this actor starring in it. This story is being done. I mean, Bohemian Rhapsody was one of the movies that's being looked at as a best picture. That movie comes out in October. And it's just a Queen biopic. So people think, oh, it's going to be amazing. It's got to be amazing. It's going to be a Best Picture nominee. Why? You know, why is, why is that 
automatically in under consideration, but Black Panther has go, jumped through a million loops just to even get his name mentioned, and it made well over like a billion dollars. You know, yeah. like that that makes no, I don't know, that makes no sense to me. Um, but I this that, that's a system that is far away from being changed. Last story for today, we'll talk about a show that I don't think we've even we may have mentioned it when we heard about the, its development, but I don't think we really talked much about it after that. It's Pennyworth. So I don't think we ever talked about Pennyworth. Uh, we have not at all. Yeah, I think we decided. Against I don't think we talked about, about Pennyworth. Okay, well, I guess uh, welcome people to <laughs> the Pennyworth, <laughs> the Pennyworth <laughs> Hour. <laughs> so, um, so if you've not heard or you're not familiar, uh, Epics, which is a channel I'm not even familiar with. Is it even a channel? Is, is it a streaming or, service? I, I don't know what it is. Maybe someone oh, can yeah, help uh, me with that. But sure Epics. Is uh is launching a Pennyworth show, which is kind of like a Gotham prequel, and it's supposed to talk about uh the life of Alfred Pennyworth, uh Bruce's uh, butler, Bruce Wayne's butler, of course. So um, the hashtag show got some details about what this show will look like. Um, it of course will be shot in the UK where uh, Alfred is from. A lot of it will be t- uh, done in London and in the rest of the you know in Great Britain. Uh, it depicts uh, Alfred Pennyworth in his mid twenties, who is trying to reconcile, uh, you know, the kind-hearted boy he once was with the ruthless killer he has become. He's also trying to reconcile a relationship with his father, who is a supposedly a, a, a proud but stubborn uh, butler, along with his wife, who has spent years uh, serving a wealthy family. So. That seems very different than any Oscar I know. Him being a ruthless killer. Uh, I don't know if that's. Ref- I guess that's referring to the work he's had to do with the British government. It does also mention a little bit about uh, Thomas Wayne's appearance in the show. They said that uh, Wayne is said to be intelligent, deeply moral, idealistic uh, characters that Alfred will come to instill in Thomas's orphan son. So, this is what we have to make of. Uh, Pennyworth so far. There are some details about the villains. They're the Raven Society. I don't know really much about the Raven Society. Uh, other than apparently the mysterious uh, Lord Hardwood and his sadistic henchwoman, Bet Sykes, the Raven Society will find themselves in what sounds like a season-long game of cat and mouth with our uh, heroes. Shamari gets first crack at Pennyworth. Does um, this excite you? Does this make you want to watch this show? No. Um, well, first of all, what if I make you watch the show? Will you do it? We'll see. (laughs) (laughs) Time will tell. Um, but uh, okay, I know what show's being eliminated next year is Jenny Awards. Pennyworth ain't going to Jenny. Like looking up for you, legends. Um, (laughs) next year. Uh, yeah, Pennyworth definitely ain't getting no Jenny. But um, yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know. I mean, well, first of all, Epics is a channel. Okay. It is a TV channel. I not I've not heard about it. It's a yeah. TV channel owned by MGM. It is not on our specific uh cable yeah. provider. Wow. Okay. <laughs> but so that's why we've never seen it before. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, so it's, it's, that makes sense. <laughs> um we we could probably get on something else after the season comes out, I guess. You know, Ken was like, I, I have my ways <laughs> of watching these shows one way or another. Yeah, man. Kendall will find a way a to a watch friend. it. <laughs> um yeah, I don't care about Pennyworth, man. I don't care about this Pennyworth show. Um, Alfred is, I mean, it's all well and good. Seeing, I think seeing Alfred in Gotham the way he is in Gotham is enough for me in terms of in terms of Pennyworth background. 
that's kind of all the Pennyworth background that I need. I don't need to see Pennyworth in London, Alfred yeah. Pennyworth in London <laughs> as a young man with his family and like figuring out his past as a young boy. I don't I don't care about Alfred as a young boy. I'm sorry. I really don't. That's going way too far back. That's like Krypton, but but it's basically but yeah. London I mean, unless it's like a period piece type thing where they're showing London also. Even then, it's like <laughs> I think it will, which it probably is. But, but I'm even, not watching Downton Abbey, man. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Even then, it's like okay, I guess. I mean, just, but Alfred's in it, so it's like got Batman like. But I don't know. It's just be. It's just weird. It's it's not something that I'm excited about. Downton Batman. Yeah, you know, right. It's not something I'm excited Downton about. Alfred. You know, it's like Downton Ab- Downton Abbey and Agent Carter mixed with, with Gotham somehow. You know. And it's like, I don't know. I don't like this combination. Ah, man. Pennyworth. Uh, I mean, Pennyworth is, I don't know. This sounds like a show that, I mean, Shamar, you compared it to Agent Carter. Uh, Agent Carter was good, by the way. That's Just, just to put that on the record. Yes, it was good. Um, mm-hmm. But this doesn't even, this sounds like they took Agent Carter and they're like, well, let's make a Jarvis show. Like the, Jar- yeah. the Jarvis from Agent Carter, let's give him his own show. And I'd be like, why? Because he's Tony Stark's, you know, he's Howard Stark's butler. That that's the story, and that sounds like what this is. Thomas Wayne's butler, who's like, who has like some some secret agent skills or whatever. I mean, and I, is is he gonna be like James Bond? I mean, that's the only way I can see this being like interesting. Yeah. If Alfred was like James he's Bond, like, he's like Kingsman. It's like Kingsman. No, or like Kingsman, but that it's doesn't like <laughs> that doesn't seem like where they're going with this. I I mean, I don't know. I don't. I mean, can this can this be good? Sure, because any anything can be made into a good show, no matter how bad the idea is. Yeah, we clown Krypton, but I think all of us who have watched, it, I think we would say we yeah. were impressed. Like, Krypton, because they found they found a story that worked. Yeah, exactly. Um, now this takes Krypton, I'll dig a little step farther. Uh, like Krypton used. Because they use like some Superman characters, especially some that we cheated. didn't, especially some that we didn't even expect. Yeah, yeah. They, they did a story that like involved time travel and basically meshed into basically turned into Gotham, you know, turned into Gotham on Krypton. But <laughs> regardless, uh, so it's not what we expected. But I don't think they're gonna do that in Pennyworth. I don't think we're gonna have the Penguin come over from Gotham, you know, from 2010 and jump back into the past and be like, I'm, I'm on, I'm in London now. I had to come see Alfred Pennyworth or something stupid like that. So I don't see how this is going to be uh, interesting. It could be good. Yeah, imagine it's like Lucius Fox you know, goes into the past and it's like, I'm looking right. for Pennyworth. Maybe Lucius Fox. Is we need you Fox. to save Batman by saving London. Like, what? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I can't get that excited for this. Though I, I, I do mention Krypton because, man, I would, I think it's down on Krypton as anyone on this show. And. I ended up enjoying that season that I watched. I don't know how much. Uh, well, we'll talk about what they did at the end at, on this show, probably. But um, but but so that show may have some legs even beyond just one season. Also, the Raven Society is not a real DC entity. Okay, so they just made that just up. Made I mean, unless maybe the Raven Society is like a, is a cover cover for something else, which we've seen that done several times. Yeah. But uh, I would say that. Yeah, it's hard for me to get that excited for this. Um, a lot of it because Alfred's cool, but he's not someone I've always wanted to do a great deep dive on. Um, recently, 
I feel like a lot of Batman stories have wanted to kind of dive into Alfred and make, make him maybe a little more than what he's been, uh, which is cool. I think that that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just not something that's always really excited me. Uh, I kind of think it's weird that if this is a Gotham prequel. The, the Thomas Wayne they kind of uh, painted in Gotham is kind of like a bad person. Well, I don't think this is a Gotham spinoff. It says Gotham prequel. Official Gotham prequel? I think this was this is this. Yeah. I don't think so. I just looked at something and said it was being made by the same people. Yeah, this is a Gotham. It's definitely being made by Bruno Heller, I believe. But I don't think it's in the same universe. I... That's just my, that was always been my interpretation. Because isn't it in, because remember, I talked about the timeline. Isn't it in like 1960s London or something like that? I'm like, how are you going to do that? When I don't know what year Gotham's in, but Gotham is in its own. It's in its own time. Time, time is an but illusion like, for anyone who watches Atlanta. <laughs> time is an illusion I mean, I in see, Gotham. There's this thing in the Hollywood Forest says Gotham boss sets new Batman prequel series at Epics. I mean, yeah. that doesn't say Gotham like Batman. Like that, yeah, I, I looked at it as like it's a, it's a technically prequel. a prequel. Yeah, it's a Batman prequel, of course. But I don't know. They're saying it's a like is it a is it, is it in that universe? Yeah, that's where I I would I would. <laughs> It, I mean, Gotham's such a mess. I mean, technically, if Batman's Batman. The story could be similar. Um, but you can finish your point. Well, the reason why I say that is because if they're saying he's a killer here, we've seen the Gotham and the uh, Alfred in Gotham is like he can killer. fight and he kills, he can kill people yeah. and he's capable. It kind of would make sense if it was a prequel, if that's the story that they're going with. That's why when the article I read said it was a prequel, I assumed that that's what was happening. But, um,. But yeah, it's just, it's hard for me. Uh, Alfred's not someone I've always wanted to do a deep dive on and, and know a lot about. If you have a great story, man, you knock it out of the park. I could very well be very invested, just like it was with Krypton. But it's gonna take a lot, and I don't know if there's a lot of meat on the bone there for epics. But I'm, I'm look, I'm happy when all these shows try to give something a shot, something that's unique and interesting. This is very different. We've never seen something like this in regards to Gotham or Batman, rather, in terms of doing an Alfred TV show. So. Uh, I, I I respect them for giving doing the doing the giving them the home run swing, and we'll see what happens. But I gotta say right now, it's a no for me, dog. Uh, with that being said, let's finally get to our Jenny Award nominees for our third annual show that's coming up in a couple of weeks. So let's begin. Uh, let's first give you guys the rundown of the topic. So we have Rookie of the Year, Best Non-Recurring Villain, Best Fight Scene. Best female supporting character, best male supporting character, best OMG moment, best episode, best villain, and then the last two, last few are are, are a little bit of our only wrinkle this year. I know last year we added a couple of different uh, topics. Our only wrinkle this year is we're actually doing best male hero and best female hero, and that came from a very convoluted, long conversation about how we decipher some of these shows that have now teams of heroes like. Legends is not in this year, but normally Legends. Uh, this year, in regards to Runaways, that was the very thing of how do we put them in male supporting characters? Who's the main character of that show? It became very uh, difficult to kind of decipher. So we ended up splitting up the, the uh, genders, which kind of gave some of the team up shows, you know, even like a Cloak and Dagger gave it a little more uh, of a chance in regards to being recognized. And uh, so we have Best Female Hero, Best Male, best male Hero. And then, of course, our last one, best show. So these are all the shows that started with the beginning of last year's fall season. 
and ended this summer with Luke Cage, which came out in what July, I guess, last month, right? In July or June, something like that. Mm-hmm. So, June. yeah, June. So that being said, let's get down to it. Here are our nominees for Rookie of the Year. So the Rookie of the Year award goes to a character slash actor who's on a show that is in its past his first season and it's the first appearance of this character meaning no one on the runaways could be rookie of the year because they are all on a new show no one on cloak and dagger could be uh could be a rookie because they're on uh, on their own show so these are people who are who debuted this year on shows that have been on tv for at least more than one year so our nominees this year include uh luke cage's bushmaster uh, the Flash is Ralph Dibney, Arrow's Ricardo Diaz, uh, Agents of Shield's Deke, and Rain from Supergirl. So I give you Shamari the first crack at this. I feel like we kind of didn't fight much on the Rookie of the Year award uh, field. What did you make of the field? Last year's winner was uh, Gabriel Luna's Ghost Rider from Agents of Shield. He was quite a heavyweight in the awards last year. Yeah, Ghost Rider, Ghost Rider would have won this year too. <laughs> yeah, he <laughs> <with> Ben Simmons. <laughs> <laughs> in the second year. I feel like I'm gonna be saying that for years to come. Well, Ghost Rider wrote one this year too, um, but yeah, like this is a this is a decent list. Um, I mean, I I think uh, I I wish I could see last year's list. I mean, I think last year's list. I can pull um, last year's list. Yeah, why, why uh, yeah. I don't know if you, but um, I mean, this is a pretty good list, though. I mean, I feel like it's a little weird. Some of them are main characters. Some of them are definitely more side characters. In their shows, but you know, I mean, we have more shows now, so we should, we should have a bigger list. Yeah, last year's list included uh, Ada, Monel, Director Mace, and Prometheus. Yeah, I think last year's list was better, but I mean, that's not to you know trash on these rookies or nothing like that. But I think last year was like this is the rookie. This is the rookie class where uh, yeah, last where, year uh, what's the name? Who, who who won rookie of year last year? Oh, Malcolm Brogdon. Yeah, this is a Malcolm Brogdon rookie <laughs> class. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is last not, year is not the Tatum. It's not the Tatum rookie class. Yeah, last year they had a fire rookie class. This year, this year's rookie class is, uh, you know, fairly needs, needs a little work. I think this is a decent rookie class to be honest. I don't. I think it's not like last year's. Last year's would be like this year's NBA rookie class. It is stacked, but I, I think that I mean I thought all these characters were really solid. And they were good. I'm not. I'm not uh, saying they're bad. To, you know, not that's why to, they're that's why they're nominees. Yeah, not to like you know handicap this already, but Bushmaster I thought was excellent. Um. Adolfo Diaz was excellent, so I, I think this is a pretty good class. I don't know about you, Kendall. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I think there are a couple characters. That look, it's it's a good class. I agree that um, none of these characters are awful. Uh, <laughs> none of them are awful. It's a great, it's a great compliment to, to, to our to our first um, nomin- our list of nominees, Kendall. I don't know. Uh, I feel like. A term of the people that didn't make the cut, you know, Oscar from uh, Jessica Jones uh, could not make the cut. Um, I feel like he, I guess he just didn't do enough. Uh, didn't have a big enough impact on the show for all three of us to have a consensus on him. Um, but obviously, you you get two villains, or really three villains, you count Rain, uh, who also was an ally for half the season, uh, with Bushmaster, along with Ricardo Diaz. And then you've got Deacon, Ralph Dibney, who were part of the uh, their respective teams, so hero teams, so uh, nice little mix there. But uh, I have an idea of who might win, but you'll find that out in a couple weeks. 
Let's get to our next section, which is our best non-recurring villain. So, by the way, did you give a spoiler warning for this entire thing? Yeah, well, we should do that. If, uh, you, if you have not seen uh, pretty and, much every superhero show besides Legends of Tomorrow, you plan on watching it, <laughs> and you still plan on watching it and don't want to be spoiled, uh, maybe this is the time where we say goodbye, <laughs> and we'll see you next week. Um, but uh, but yeah, that, that's the one thing to know because as we get later on in the show, some of this stuff may be a little spoilery or very spoilery depending on uh what we're talking about so that's the fair Kendall. thank you for yeah if, if you care, if you you care about that kind of yeah i mean a lot of these shows are coming back like in a month so you might you don't have much time to start watching them if you plan on doing it anyway but let's get back to the show and let's talk about the best non-recurring villains uh this year now again if you want to remember what this uh category is it's basically villains who were not on every episode of a show, but they obviously they were villains. So you, know, you can't be the main villain of the show. You can't even be uh, kind of a villain who's on every episode. So for example, like Shades couldn't be in this uh, section if you consider him a villain because he's a regular on the show. Uh, and obviously someone like you know Bushmaster couldn't be on it because he's the main villain. So that's uh, maybe a good example of how to how we explain uh, the picks we have here. So, uh, with that being said, our uh, non-recurring villains are uh, Jeremiah from uh, from Gotham. Uh, Gotham. No, not course. Jeremiah from uh, Supergirl. Yeah, no, not Jeremiah from Supergirl. Jeremiah from, Goth- uh, from Gotham. <laughs> Jeremiah Valeska. Jer- Where has he been? Jerome Valeska from Gotham. So, first time, I think, ever we have a person who played two different, Conor McGannigan played two different characters nominated in the same category. So, that's quite an accomplishment there. He actually won this award last year for Jerome, so that makes this very interesting. We also have the Stepford Cuckoos from The Gifted. We have Lewis from The Punisher and Professor Pig from Gotham. So Gotham has three characters in this list. We have the Cuckoos in there, Shamar. We have uh, Lewis from Punisher in there. We talked about we didn't get to talk much about Punisher. What do you make of uh, this being the first appearance we have here with Lewis and in the rest of this class? First of all, this is a stacked list. And as for Lewis, and we're getting some Punisher representation. Punisher is going to be represented very well this year because Punisher was an extremely well done show. Um, and whoever played Lewis did a really good job, uh, which is unfortunate because he's playing like a terrorist. So, spoiler alert! But mm-hmm. <laughs> he's playing a terrorist. It's like the so. making of a terrorist. Yeah, basically. Yeah, which is scary. Yeah. There's a lot of that going on now. So. Um, so yeah, this should be this should be a good one. This should be an interesting one to uh, to see. And for those wondering what the class was last year, it also included outside Jerome who won Rick Malvern from Supergirl, Vigilante, uh, Talia Ghul, and Leonard Snart. I think that was a pretty terrible yeah, class say, last this, year. Yeah, this this list is yeah, way better. We were now. putting people <laughs> in there just to find people. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah we, we, were stre- we were stretching. <laughs> we were stretching there to figure that one out. Tyler Goo was trash last year, um, but somehow she made it. Okay. Anyway, uh, best fight scene. I think this might be my favorite. Uh, my favorite category that and OMG moment, which you'll get to later. So, a best fight scene. Um, I should have put the episodes next to them. I realized I didn't do that, but. Uh, so the first one is uh, Quake versus Sonera earlier on in the season in uh, Agents of Shield this year. This is the fight scene on uh, uh, on the on like a, it was like a ship or something they were on, 
when they had a fight scene yeah. and there they was a whole flying, yeah. they were they were flying and the whole gravity situation. It was yeah. an unbelievable fight scene earlier in the season in uh, Agents of Shield. We also have uh, David versus the Shadow King in the season finale of Legion. That scene, uh, super artistic, extremely uh, cool. Especially, it's very uh, much harkens some of the stuff they did last season in there, uh, and some of the uh, art they did in the fights and the reenactments of fights involving the Shadow King. They did the same thing with that. The season finale, we had Billy Russo versus uh, the Punisher in the season finale of the Punisher, which was a brutal fight as well. We have Luke Cage and Iron Fist versus the Jamaican Stylers in episode 10 of Luke Cage. And Oliver versus Ricardo Diaz. Um, that was, I think, around the, the, the 15 or 16 episode mark in Arrow when they fought uh, for the right to stay in uh, Star City. So, Shamari, looking at this class of fight scenes last year, Daisy's uh, fight versus the Watchdogs in prison in the lockup episode of Ages of S.H.I.E.L.D. 1. What do you make of this year's class? Daisy making another appearance in S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, Daisy making another very good oh, appearance. fight appearance, yeah. Yeah, that was, that was a really good fight. So, Daisy, you know, Daisy's showing up a lot in these, in these uh, best fights. You know, the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um... I mean, Ace and Shield for being uh, like a spy show, they had some very good fights. You know, for 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 not being like, well, it's kind of sort of a superhero show, but not really a superhero show. But you know, um, but yeah, this is a good list. This is a stacked list. Um, I mean, Luke Cage. We we discussed this as well. Luke Cage has several fights. Luke Cage could have had been, three or four fights <laughs> that could have been in this list. Yeah. Uh, but for the sake of you know considering the other shows, uh, we did not put. Three Luke Cage fights in one category. Yeah. I, I think that would have been a little overkill. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, this is a sack list. I look forward to discussing. Kendall? Uh, I mean, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing where you guys have some of these stacking up in terms of the winner. Um, I still have yet to see the Legion versus Shadow King fight, mm-hmm. so uh, I have no clue what's going to win. Because yeah, I, I, yeah, I have to see that, right? <laughs> um, but I do know that uh, a couple of these fights I have seen. All the, the rest of the fights I've seen, but a couple of them I've seen very recently, and they are spectacular. Particularly I, the Punisher, the Punisher, uh, and also the Luke Cage one. I think I like kind of like the balance of this, whereas like Oliver versus Ricardo and Punisher versus Billy Russo were super brutal. I thought, uh, you know, Quake, the Quake Sonara fight, and then Luke Cage and Iron Fist Styles fight were particularly very well choreographed. Um, and then the David vs. Shadow King fight is just artistic. So, like, it's very balanced. I think I kind of like that. You know, like, we all pit Luke Cage fights that kind of, they're all outstanding, but they all kind of would have been the same ilk. These are really five totally different ideas of what a fight should look like. So, um, I- I'm totally cool with this list that we have here. Uh, and I'm excited to see who ends up winning. On to best female supporting character. This year we're going with Polaris from The Gifted, Misty Knight from Luke Cage, Lenny from Legion, Anissa from Black Lightning, and Alex from Supergirl. So this is uh, Black Lightning's first appearance on the show. This is The Gifted's second appearance on the show. Anything you want to say quickly, Shamari, about uh, those two shows and their characters being represented here? Um... Uh, wait, wait, I'm sorry, which two shows? Oh, Polaris and The Gifted and Anissa and Black Lightning. 
yeah, I mean those shows, um, two spectacular new new shows, new additions uh, to the Jennies. Um, I mean, I think, yeah, I think those the two new newcomers, Polaris and Nissa. I mean, they're kind of. Uh, I mean, looking at this list, I mean, we might have some frontrunners over there. Yeah, I mean, these are those are very very good additions um, to all of these shows. Um, and I mean, these are, I mean, those are supporting characters, but they're also, um, like kind of not supporting characters, like main supporting characters. Mm -hmm. So they're kind of, so it's like, they kind of had, they have very important story arcs. Yeah. They have very important arcs. So they kind of had the edge in that regard as well. So that'll have to be considered. Um, and a, uh, notable admission, which is no Caitlin, no Caitlin Snow on this list. Or Felicity Smoke. Or Felicity, though. I mean, Felicity. No, Iris West. Iris, Iris West yeah, won last year. Iris, Iris West won last year. It is not on this list. It is not on this list. So, yeah, this is, this is very interesting. Very interesting to see. Yeah, and I mean, when making our decision on who's going to win this award, we'll have to, you know, we'll have to make sure that we, because, like, Polaris <laughs> and Anissa have maybe the disadvantage of us only having one season of seeing them. Uh, and so, like, especially with, like, Misty, Lenny, and, or with those three, Misty, Lenny, and Alex, like, we've seen those characters for multiple seasons now, and, you know, you may like those characters a lot, and so you may like those characters based on what they've done in previous seasons that maybe that transfers over into what we feel about what they did in this season, uh, so that'll be interesting to see how that weighs when we come to, uh, picking time, but, um, the rest of those characters you mentioned, though, uh, Caitlyn, you know, Felicity, Iris, uh, just weren't strong enough, weren't strong enough this year. In some ways, yeah. I think they were prisoners of, of a struggling, of struggling shows. Yeah. Uh, Flash struggled all season, I think Arrow struggles for, like, 12, 13 episodes. And with these new shows coming out with this, all this heat, it's like, you can't, you can't be subpar and make it anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's too many shows now. You know, I mean, this time, two years ago, like, William might have had a shot to make Best Supporting Character, you know, but now it's like, he wasn't even in the conversation because it's too many shows, you know, like, this award show has gotten, like, really legitimate because there is an actual field to pick from at this point, and I think we probably realized that that's where this was going when we made up this idea, we realized well, there's only gonna be they're only gonna start making more. They're not gonna stop making these shows, uh, which makes this even more and more fun year in year out. Yeah, this should be a really good class as well. I think uh, you guys all make good points. I think Shamar in regards to how characters like Polaris, Misty, who and Alex who get a lot of screen time will work compared to someone like Lenny, uh, who is like in and out, is erratic, and her uses in the show is very weird. Um, though Ari Plaza's portrayal is, is top notch and continues to be a uh, constant steal, scene stealer in that show, that would be very interesting. Um, uh, I, I tell you what, I think for me, uh, Misty's performance this year, having seen it just very recently, was extremely uh, impressive and definitely stood out. So I think she could be someone tough to beat. But again, I think all oh, this is again another really stacked class. I think it might not have been as deep. The five we got are all outstanding. Um, 
and then we missed Sid, and there were a couple other people who maybe could have got in there. Uh, but the five that we have are, are pretty pretty awesome. So let's move on to best male supporting character. So this year we got uh, the reigning champion from last year, Leopold Fitz from Agents of Shield. We have Micro from Punisher, Gamby from Black Lightning, Shades from Luke Cage, and General Zod from Krypton. So uh, Kendall, you want to jump in on this? cast of characters we have here in the best supporting character section who won it last year last year it was leopold fitz fitz yes. reigning champ coming into this year it's uh fitz fitz is gonna have trouble this year it's gonna be fitz a tough fitz yeah it's gonna be a tough <laughs> uh, he had a tough field last year last year he went up against robbie reyes uh monel howard meet harold meacham and hr going up against Monel and Ghost Rider and HR was not an easy, <laughs> easy field. Man. Harold Beach and we just got him on yeah. there just to find yeah. a fifth guy. He was the fifth man that we needed. He's he's the guy at the park where you need a fifth guy to run, and he's like, "Yo, get right. the guy over there." He it's doesn't simple. play. He doesn't. He's playing handball. But like, it doesn't matter. Just get him on the court. Yeah. Um. So like, I don't know. I mean, Fitz. I mean, Fitz was amazing last year. Obviously, with the whole Hydra situation. Uh, this year, I, I don't think he was as good. Because it's tough to top what he did last year. But even his story coming back from uh, Earth and having to find them was crazy. And then uh, by the end, you know, obviously what happens at the end is rather tragic with his character. How about the back and forth between, like, the the Doctor returning that on was this pretty season? Wild. That being almost like a schizophrenic yeah. situation with him. Um, so, I mean, Fitz... We'll have a shot to win it again this year. Uh, I think particularly, though, the inclusions of Micro and General Zod, two rookies, into this category are is, are mighty tough for Fitz to get by. Yeah, um, I mean, Micro Micro was great. This this list this this award was made for Micro, or Micro essentially <laughs> was made to win this award. He's literally just a support character for Frank, mm-hmm. but he does such a good job in that role that yeah, it's. There, I mean, it's a tough category. Um, I didn't even mention, you know, Gamby's same thing. Yeah, he's Gamby's basically a too. he's a Black Lightning version of Micro. You know? <laughs> so it's gonna be tough. Yeah, I mean, with Gamby, there was, there was, I think there was more complexity with his character. Yes. And mystery, and there's still mystery. It was yes. only the first season. There's still more to come. Um, I mean, Zod. It was just, I mean, he's Zod. You know, I mean. Is, I mean, it's just you didn't even expect him to show up. For those of us that weren't like paying attention to spoilers, yeah, man. But you didn't even expect him to show up. Definitely didn't, didn't expect him to be a regular. Didn't expect him to be a regular, and he has such a huge impact. And then he basically takes over, and it's just it's it's it. The show just ramps up from him being even he him even being on the show and yeah. doing things and saying and speaking. Yeah. So like to have that kind of impact. Can be understated as well. So this is a very very stack list. Yeah, uh, yeah. The portrayal of uh, General Zod, who's played by the same actor who, who was actually on Arrow many Walter. years ago, yeah, Walter. Walter. <laughs> a totally different role here, <laughs> uh, but exceptional job uh, by him in that role. Um, and I think that's like the that might be like to me that role this year is like the poster child, so to speak, for like, oh, you don't need a white dude to play a white dude every single time. Uh, you know, people say, you know, people might have seen this casting and be like, oh, what's going on? Why is, you know, General Zod black? Well, I, I dare you to try to find someone who's going to be on television 
that did as good a job as he did this year. So, um, so he's going to be a heavyweight. Shades, uh, once again, was a very good character. They added some complexity to his story this year that we didn't know. Um, that was intriguing. You talked about Micro. And to me, Leopold Fitz is still a complete beast and front, maybe still front runner. I mean, his story arc this year, um, you know, making his way back into space, finding the team, marrying Gemma, uh, you know, then having the situation with, you know, him dying at the end. Cause it's a, but then maybe there's a second version of him. Uh, there's so many different things we had with him. Of course, I'd mentioned the doctor. Uh, this is a, a very, very tough feel for him to get through if he wins. Um, and we have not even begun to talk about where we're going to vote. But uh, he had a great season this year, and he's going to have a chance this year as well. Let's now move on to best OMG moment. I think this is, uh, if if best fight isn't my favorite, this is definitely my favorite uh, category we have this year. Because these are kind of, this is why we watch television, honestly. I mean, this is why we watch these shows. For these awesome moments that have these great payoffs, the moments that make you just lose your mind, run to Twitter and start tweeting immediately or seeing what everyone's saying because you just saw something that was so amazing and so well crafted in terms of storytelling and artistic, uh, and an artistic portrayal. So, with that being said, our best OMG moments are Mariah Dillard uh, killing all of uh, the remaining um, MacGyvers in the Jamaican restaurant in Brooklyn. We also have Mariah telling Tilda uh, the truth about her backstory and her real father. We have um, Jeremiah becoming the Joker in Gotham. We have uh, Doomsday uh, being shown uh, in the freezer in Krypton. And we have General Zod taking over Krypton in Krypton. So... All these moments, I think, all made us lose it. Jamari, what do you make of this field? Yeah, this is this is another stack list. All every single you're right. Every single one of those moments, I was going crazy. I was like, "What is going on?" Um, I mean, it's just it's just crazy. I mean, the the ones that, of course, you have two shows there that that um have two spots: Luke Cage and Krypton, which both of those seasons were exceptional, and. They in those uh, and both of those seasons had several different OMG moments, but we had to narrow it down to two. Um, so yeah, this this is another uh, this is yet another stack list, and we had other uh, moments that could not be could that couldn't even make the list from other shows, um, but those these moments were just so impactful. And we tried to narrow it down to one for some of these shows, but we couldn't even do it. Like we just had to put two Luke Cage and two Krypton <laughs> moments in this list because they were so huge. Yeah, um, this list obviously is strong. Um, I don't think it was as strong as maybe in years past, uh, but a couple of these moments for me are obviously moments that I'm that I vividly remember. Uh, you know, obviously Krypton, I just finished watching. And that ending scene of seeing Zod and seeing Doomsday, uh, just, I mean, obviously that just lost, I, I lost my mind watching that. Um, and then Luke Cage, the end of Luke Cage is 
another one where you kind of the entire show feels like it's turned upside down. Um, and I think the scene with Mariah Dillard and Shades in the Jamaican restaurant is one of the darkest scenes I've seen in the Netflix universe in terms of like a character just like from what's been built with Bushmaster and his origins and his family and seeing that relationship and to see what happens to them it was that was wild mm-hmm. as well and there are several deaths that didn't make this list yes but yeah but maybe they yeah. Could. Lance <laughs> Fitz um I mean we didn't even kind of mention Mark Dillard uh, I mean, this, there's. It could have been. We could have had uh, several deaths that could have made this list that didn't. Um, Stein. Stein. Vic, uh, yeah, we had Victor Stein. That was on an episode of Arrow, I believe. Um, so that this, we could have went anywhere with that, and uh, but it's. I I still think it's a strong list. Um, I think these were crazy moments. I mean, those Krypton moments to me I, for a show that. Again, I keep saying I kind of undersold. Those were definitely moments where I was like, okay, Krypton is trying to make themselves known. They are here. They're here to try to tell a really cool Superman story. So um, I'm invested in that show. Kendall mentioned the dark, dark ways in which they took that Mariah Dill character, who already was a dark character, but they went just way over the cliff uh, with her character. The point where I'm kind of sad that she's gone because I, I, you know... They did all you can do, probably, but she was just, uh, Afri Woodard's portrayal just was so impactful and so good. Uh, I would have loved to continue to see her um, on the show. But uh, let's now move to the next topic, which is uh, best episode of the year. So we're taking singular episodes of all the shows we've watched and tried to compile what we thought were our five favorites. Very difficult to do. But uh, I think we came up with a list that we're appreciative of. So the first one uh, is Luke Cage, the main ingredient. This is the team-up episode between Luke Cage and Iron Fist when they uh, try to take down the Stylers. This is also the scene that ends, the episode that ends with Mariah Dillard uh, murdering the, murdering all those people in the Jamaican restaurant. We have Enter Flash Time. And it was kind of interesting because Flash has been very quiet in this episode. In this uh, Jenny Awards nominee situation, we they have been that show has been a show that has gotten a lot of nominees in years past, and I can't remember Dibney. since Dibney we haven't heard from Flash since. But we all agree that this was a standout episode and one of the ones we watched this year, and were truly amazed by, it, and it was really well done. So that made this list. We have uh, Virtue of the Vicious from Punisher. You remember this episode being kind of told in the. Uh, well, wasn't it Quentin Tarantino style non-linear storytelling of uh, what ended up being Lewis's uh, terrorist rampage that ends in his uh, suicide uh, in a very very chaotic and cool scene or cool just story that kind of unfolded in a hotel that uh, that was well done on Punisher on Gotham the episode that's entertainment which ends up being kind of uh, Jerome's uh, kind of his grand finale as a character a guy that was just so uh so impactful and that also then becoming the birth of the jeremiah character that episode was outstanding while gotham hasn't had much we do have those two characters in for one category we thought this episode you know really did show the strengths of those characters and finally legion chapter 12 
is the final one and that episode is the episode where uh legion while he's trying to um break everyone in uh in the facility out of their you know whatever their psychic stupor that they're in due to the shadow king um legion has to go into sid's head and that uh maze that sid puts him through ends up being much more uh difficult to manu- to to work through than uh than the other ones and some of the stuff he learns about sid through those memories was extremely uh artistic and very sad to see so uh we put all those on the list last year uh lee and you on arrow one for best episode that was the season finale this uh year we have no season finales on this list kendall i know you are a fan of this kind of approach yeah yeah i I said before the show that i thought that the uh concept of season finales being on there um like they can be on there if they're great you know leanne you was an incredible episode likely deserved to win um but season finales in and of themselves are really good. Well, um, not always. Yeah, as we learned the hard way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. They should be good. And they try to make them. Good. Yeah, they try to make them be the best episode. Yeah, I mean, I've ever did you seen. watch Arrow this year? So well, I mean, not Arrow. Yeah, Flash, so you, Flash. you didn't like no, the Arrow. Arrow. I mean, I mean, Flash. The Arrow was pretty crazy. <laughs> no, I meant Flash. You meant see the Flash yeah, season yeah, finale. Yeah, this Flash year? was yeah. That was that was pretty weak. Yeah, um, Flash finale, man. Jesus. But. Where they wanted to take uh, what's name's wife and make her into team, turn her into a team Flash member. Yeah. Yeah. And DeVoe's sending a meteor down. Yeah. His dying, his dying wish. And it's like, oh god. So, I, so my theory was that like, because season finales are designed to be good, that I give more points to shows, to episodes that are incredible that are in the middle of the series that aren't necessarily the season finale, or even the penultimate because. They're not designed to conclude the story, so they're not going to be... They're generally not going to hold as much weight, but they still rose to the top. Um, so that's credit to these shows. Maybe in the future we'll add a best season finale list, yeah. but that's for another day. Right. Um, yeah, I hear you on that, Kendall. Um, yeah, this is a very good list. Um, I mean, I think the, I think the episodes that stand out here for me... Um, uh, one of them is, uh, the Gotham episode, um, uh, with Jerome, which I haven't, I honestly haven't seen in a while, but I remember watching that and being like, this is crazy. <laughs> like, this is just ridiculous. I think it was kind of the peak of like, well, I, I don't know if it, it honestly, it might've been peak Jerome. He's just blowing people's heads off Yeah, on a stage. And it's just like the craziest thing you would see on television, well, at least on network television. Yeah, on, on network on network yeah. television. It's just like in, it's just insane. And the most the most poetic thing about that episode was that like that episode it was, I believe Bruce Wayne's birthday. Yeah, and that was also the day that Joker was born. Yeah, in the yeah. Universe, which was that was deep. kind of cool how they did that. Yeah, so it was just it was crazy, very crazy. Um, yeah, that's entertainment was definitely a standout for Gotham this year. Um, for the other episodes, the main ingredient. I mean, we talked about it a little bit, but uh, just 
man, the Iron Fist, Luke Cage pairing is iconic to anyone who loves this culture. You know, Power Man, Iron Fist, their history is pretty much endless at this point. When they came up with the idea of doing a Marvel Netflix division that would include New York heroes starting with Daredevil, I think we all quickly were like, will we see Luke Cage and Iron Fist? Um, we saw them, but just in separate shows that eventually them becoming part of a team in the Defenders. But uh, seeing that episode and, and kind of seeing what we've seen on in comic books, seen in cartoons, and having it brought to life in a way that was felt so authentic um, was just, it was just like if you're a comic book fan, you just had to be just grinning ear to ear. It was just really awesome to see. And to have an episode that may have felt filler or could have been filler, and have it not be that, you know, you know, there was a significant, uh, there was a significant move that pushed the storyline forward with what Mariah did at the end of that episode, and when it made it end up being the biggest moment of the season. So that episode was just, just it was just like just perfect in many ways. Um, but all these episodes were, I think, Enter Flash Time was also uh, pretty great, and it, it kind of harpens back to I kind of like the stories where the super powered heroes are hopeless or are useless because of regular people doing devious things it kind of reminds me of the episode last year from supergirl i'm not sure if it was in the running last year i'm trying to look at the list now uh it, it was not but the episode that included rick malvern which was mm-hmm. a standout that very well could have been nominated last year where it was this guy who just was so smart and just was ahead of supergirl and how someone that powerful was helpless and, and and how frustrating and how sad it was to kind of see someone like that so helpless to see flash in this situation so helpless and how they used that flash time thing which i'd be honest i didn't really like when they introduced it at first but then how they used it in that episode was uh was just it was just really awesome and to kind of see flash's last moments and him desperately trying to save uh, the city and what looked like dire situation. The acting from Grant Gustin might have been his best performance of the season. That's a standout. Uh, we mentioned Gotham. The Legion episode was great. And uh, I, I'm a sucker for that non-linear storytelling. So the virtue of the vicious, including uh, that storytelling with that action and that violence. I mean, it's just that that's always going to be a winner for me. So that's a very, very good group of episodes. I'm looking forward to watching them again to decide who I'm going to pick. Uh, let's get down to best villain. So we got Bushmaster, the Shadow King, Billy Russo, and Mariah Dillard. Uh, for this list, last year we had Pun- uh, Prometheus win. Obviously, he had no chance to win this year because he is uh, probably somewhere in the river outside of uh, or the, in, the, in the ocean outside of Lian Yu. Still, um, he did not make it past the season finale of that of that season of uh, Arrow. So Kendall. Bushmaster, Shadow King, the Billy Russo, Mariah Dillon, and Brainiac from Legion. I'm excuse me from uh Krypton. What do you make of this list? It's a tough list, man. Um, every year it's a tough list for best villain. Very rarely there, I think there are weak years, uh, and it's only going to get tougher as we get more shows. So, um, I mean, we've seen Bushmaster uh in the Rookie of the Year category. Uh, he's going to be a strong contender in this category as well. Um, Billy Russo, this is his first category where he's on by himself. Obviously, he's also had the best fight scene with Punisher, but Billy Russo is a character that 
I mean, I wasn't expecting to be good. I didn't really wasn't sure who the villain of the Punisher was, and he uh, he definitely turned it up as the season went on. Um, and I still have to see more from Shadow King. Uh, was he on it last year? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, he made it last year. I, I'm not sure if he. I, I don't know. I have to go back. I'm not sure if he should have made it, but uh, I'm sure he will have an even stronger impact in season two. And will have earned this uh, this one even more. I disagree with that. He definitely, I think, should have made it last year. Oh, yeah, I, yeah, I disagree, too. I, think, uh, I, definitely think, I think he could have won last year. Uh, that was basically Aubrey Plaza. Um, yeah, that's true. Who was in this year as well for Best Female Sporting Character. Uh, Kendall, uh, Shamari, Shamari, what do you make of uh, this list this year? Yeah, this is definitely his top list. I mean, as Kendall said, Bushmaster, I mean, speaks for herself. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, we got Shadow King, um, Billy Russo, who definitely has a very good chance of winning this. I mean, he was spectacular in The Punisher. I thought he was a great villain. Um, Mariah Dillard, who, again, speaks for itself. Mariah was, was crazy in the season of Luke Cage. And uh, Brainiac. Yeah. Who, I mean, I love Brainiac. Brainiac. I've been touting Brainiac for weeks now. <laughs> to you guys. I'll just be talking about how crazy Brainiac has been. <laughs> And <laughs> which he was crazy, man. I would take that Brainiac over Brainy any day. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, that Brainiac, man. Well, Brainy's a different character. Yeah, well, he's yeah, totally different. Yeah, of course. <laughs> he's a different. He's a different person. Yeah, but like still, like Brainiac. This it's this like, Brainiac. Don't like, don't 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 slander Brainy for no reason. <laughs> he did nothing to deserve that. Uh, but yeah, man, this Brainiac was crazy, man. So he definitely deserved to be on this list. Yeah, I mean, I actually said this. This is going to be a tough uh, group to maneuver through in terms of trying to figure out who wins. Uh, Mariah Diller has two moments of OMG moment nominees. Uh, we already mentioned Bushmaster; he's already been nominated. Uh, and then the the you know Shadow King is a returning nominee from last year, and Billy Russo also nominated in the fight scene. And I think a lot of his stuff, that stuff, wasn't him fighting necessarily. Just kind of, just. The way he kind of just maneuvered and stabbed people, stabbed people in the back throughout the entire show. Uh, how you saw this guy who they gave the appearance of being just this regular good guy who just is a military contractor, and it kind of turned him into someone so nefarious. Uh, was was well done by the Punisher in terms of their uh, their showrunners, and then uh, and then you mentioned Brainiac, who's the uh, also the other rookie in this class, and. Uh, I think we all agree that Brainiac was a, was a standout in 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 uh, Krypton. So it's a tough group to maneuver through. I'm very curious to see how that turns out. Let's get to male best hero. So we have David Holler, who was the returning winner from last year for Legion. We have Luke Cage from Luke Cage. We have uh, Frank Castle from The Punisher. We have Black Lightning from Black Lightning. And we have <laughs> Green Arrow from The Arrow. Or Oliver Queen from The Arrow. And Jefferson Pierce. Jefferson Pierce from Black Lightning. <laughs> uh, what do you call them? Black Lightning. Four of, the, four of the nominees are they're named after the shows that they're on. <laughs> Good for the shows. Um, Kendall, want to comment on the, the list here? I mean, this one kind of goes without saying. You know, the names are the names. You know, Luke Cage is Luke Cage. Uh, returning nominee from years past, uh, you know, David Holler, obviously there last year, um, the Punisher, uh, wasn't a best hero nominee before, but 
it was a, had another winner from years past that. Yes, um, he won Rookie of the Year. Is now and back. Best supporting character, I think. Yeah, two years ago. Um, and Black Lightning's a rookie, so that that adds another layer to this that we haven't included. But and then Green Arrow, I feel like Oliver probably been in this list many a time. So yeah, Stephen Amell, uh, he's just solid in the role. I mean, he, he can he could be nominated every year. I don't know if he was much better or much worse. He's been much worse. I mean, I think he's kind of so steady. Yeah, and mm-hmm. and I actually think that uh, kind of the way he kind of maneuvered through the season, he had the wrinkle of being the mayor and having to raise a kid mm-hmm. and try to, you know, now in back in his relationship with Felicity, I think Amel did all those things in a way that I never looked at any, either of those, any of those storylines that felt like, oh God, enough of this. Like, right, yeah, I agree. You know, I think that, and that's a testament to the show too, because I think there have been a lot of complaints of Alicity, a lot of complaints about William. I don't think that people who are uh, um, objective would have those complaints for this season. I think Amel had a lot to balance. And I think they helped him balance that well. I think he did a good job of balancing all those different roles he had to play on the show. So I think he deserves a shout-out because I think that he is a heavy underdog in this. But I think he did do a good job this year. But the rest of this list, I think also, I mean, it's just, you know, a show that's called Legion into the head of David Holler and Dan Stevenson's portrayal of that character, the schizophrenic, uh, you know, super-powered psychic mutant. I mean, just... He gets a lot of help again with how they direct that show and the the art design in that show, but his portrayal also is just you just can't keep your eyes off him. He's just so good and he's so engaging in that role. Um, I actually think that Mike Coulter's Luke Cage this year was I think better than season one of Luke Cage. I think this Luke Cage had a lot more nuance uh, to deal with his father, him kind of trying to battle uh, the demons of kind of just having to always be a good person all the time and trying to save people all the time. And I think they did a good job of kind of balancing that. Frank Castle's Punisher is kind of like Legion to me, where it's like, uh, uh, what's the name's portrayal? Uh, Bernthal, you, you, as soon as he starts talking, you can't take your eyes off of him. As soon as he's doing anything, you're like, yo, this is the guy I got to keep watching. He was excellent. And then uh, uh, Sess as, uh, as Black Lightning, you know, a rookie. We didn't know what to make of this character. But um, seeing him maneuver not only fighting criminals and thugs, but also dealing with kids as a principal. Also playing kind of like similar to Oliver Queen, two very different roles. Uh, he did an excellent job. I enjoyed his, uh, Seth Williams' portrayal a lot. So this is a great list. Uh, I feel bad for whoever loses this. Um, all these guys could win. They were all awesome. Let's now talk about the best female hero for this year. So, again, it's the first time we're separating the genders for hero awards. So, this year's class includes Supergirl, Jessica Jones, Quake, Dagger from Cloak and Dagger, the first mention of Cloak and Dagger on this show. Cloak and Dagger was very close to getting nominated for Best Episode Award. And uh, and Nico from The Runaways. So, it's the first time we've ever had this section along with the best male section, though I think maybe in a lot of years it was almost every year best male section. Uh, unfortunately, I think this is cool that we're doing it this way. Uh, I, I give it to you first, Kendall. What do you make of the best female hero section here? Yeah, uh, yeah I'm glad we got this on the on the on the list this year. Yeah, you were you were championing this idea. Yeah, I, I think naturally uh, the way these shows are going, we have so many of them now that. Um, 
it would have made the best hero category way way too competitive. And I feel like there are too many of these heroes nowadays. Too many team shows, like you mentioned, The Runaways, Legends of Tomorrow, which the is gifted. there, The Gifted, where so many, too many actors, too many characters weren't even going to be recognized. So the point of this is to recognize as many of these positive and good people as possible. So what better way to do it than to split these <coughs> characters up or split these categories up? And uh, as you can see, I think we have five good characters here. Um Jessica Jones as a season was not as strong. I think as season one, uh, it wasn't terrible, you know. But it just you're not you don't. There's no purple man. You know, we had purple man. Did he win it? Did he win best villain for year one? I don't remember actually. I want to say he probably did. Um, but regardless, like the season one, Jessica Jones was amazing. Probably won a couple Jennies. Certainly was nominated for almost every Jenny. It felt like, but I still think as a character, Jessica Jones was strong. I think Kristen Ritter did a good job. She just was a victim of the story was not that interesting for me. But um Kilgrave did win, by the way. Yeah, I, yeah, sure. I remember him winning that. Um But and then the rest of the I mean, Cloak and Dagger's another one, uh, with uh Dagger in particular. They didn't have many nominated uh <clears throat> acts in this in this year, but um that doesn't take away from Dagger. As a character, and doesn't take away from that show. Yeah, I was. I mean, Cloak was for me. I I I may have found a way to get him on there, um, or at least an honorable mention because I thought he was really good. But um, Dagger as well, I thought did a good job. And it's no because we got we got uh who do we get from Runaways? Not Gert. Uh, Nico. Nico. There we go. We got Nico from Runaways, and the fact that. Dagger was able to get in over Gert from Runaways is a credit to herself as well. Because mm-hmm. Runaways had three uh, female leads that were all very strong. So for uh, Dagger to get in over her was is a testament to her being a strong character this year. Yeah, Dagger was very strong this year. You know. I, and I think Cloak was Cloak was strong too. Yeah. But um yeah. And naturally, there's more male heroes than female yeah. heroes. So it's, the it's a deeper, yeah, it's a deeper, a little feel. tougher. He, yeah, he, he was right on that cusp for making it for that as well. Yeah. Um. So yeah, but this is a really good list. Um. I'm sure it'll only get bigger. Uh, as we get more, even more of these shows. I mean, another female hero that that we didn't uh that didn't make the cut, but you know, was there is uh, we got a newcomer in the gifted, the female Strucker. Yes, you know, she, I thought she, I thought she was decent. Yeah, uh, in the gifted, don't remember her name. <laughs> I don't remember her name as no well. No one seems to remember her name. Um, Silver, uh, Silver Fox from uh, whatever her name was from Gotham. Oh yeah, she yeah. wasn't Gotham. She yes. wasn't Gotham. Yeah, I forgot about that. But yeah, she did a good job. You know, so we're getting more, uh, more newcomers. I think it's good that we have this category, um, and it should be a good discussion to find out who wins. Yeah, this is a, a good class. Uh, I mean, to me, um, I think that this is going to be interesting because uh, similar to the other one, it's it, well similar to the I forgot which one we did earlier where there I think the fight scene where it was like a lot of different kind of fight scenes. These are a lot of kind of very different main characters because you got Super and Jessica Jones, who are you know solo main characters, title characters of this show. 
Dagger, who's part of a duo. Then you have Daisy, who's the main character, but is like the main character of a very large team. And Nico, who's a main character, but Runaways is weird. Like, we had this argument about who's the main character of Runaways. I think most of the story is told from Alice's perspective. But it's, if I had to rank them, uh, Nico would be third, maybe. Like, she wouldn't be that high, but I think it speaks to uh, how much of an impact she had for us in terms of watching The Runaways, which I think we all thought was a really good show. So this is a tough list. This is going to be a good list. Daisy uh, has won... Uh, has been in you know this is no one's ever won this before david howard last year won best hero period so uh whoever wins this this will be a first inaugural winner inaugural winner for this award um i guess technically the male fear hero will be inaugural too because supergirl has been nominated for best hero but um but it should be fascinating i'm curious to see uh who ends up winning uh this award for uh, best female hero but our last nominee list to reveal is going to be best show which is pretty simple who had the best season of the 2017 2018 tv schedule so that list includes agents of shield luke cage punisher runaways and black lightning uh last time i believe uh last year agents of shield won they are the returning winners uh, two years ago in our first show, it was actually Daredevil who won. Yeah, this is uh, this should be a very interesting discussion. Now I'm using the word interesting a lot, but it, all of this is interesting. <laughs> but it really it should be though, because I mean, Agents of Shield had an, uh, you know, I, I would say the season was uh, was uh, spectacular, but I didn't think it was very solid. They had a very good season, um, as usual. Which again, I, I still think Agents of Shield in terms of the shows that are on television, Agents of Shield is consistently good. So it's just consistently good television. Of course, Luke Cage. I mean, nothing needs to be said about Luke Cage. Punisher um, has a very good chance of winning this. I mean, the Punisher. That show is just it's it's just so good. It's just such high quality. I feel like people sleep on how great that was. I I really think so. Yeah. You know, I mean, you guys know how upset I was until you guys so long to watch that. Yeah, show. I know. Yeah. Like, I was like, yo, you guys got to watch The Punisher. Yeah. The show is crazy. Um, uh, so, yeah, I mean, The Punisher was really good. Um, what are the other, the last two? Uh, Runaways um, and Black Lightning. Two oh, new yeah. Shows. Two did, yeah, those are two newcomers. I mean, we've got Runaways. Um, I mean, Runaways was great. Black Lightning was, uh, was spectacular. That was a very pleasant um, that was a pleasant surprise. I didn't know what to expect from Black Lightning, mm-hmm. honestly. I thought it could have been great. It could have been terrible. <laughs> but, it, but it ended up being very good. I wanted The Gifted to be on this list, but The Gifted did not make the cut. Um, the voting in this, in terms of our nominee voting, was very conflicted. Yeah. How we got to the last two or three nominees. Yeah, and Legion didn't make the list either, which I know. I would have Legion on my list. Legion, yeah. So it's um, Legion was a nominee last year, almost one last year, so. It's uh, it, but I think it shows that this it's gotten stiffer. This yeah, mm-hmm. this genre, the competition is getting tough. I mean, a show as good as Legion doesn't get nominated, but I can't look at this list and say, oh, that show definitely has to be off for Legion, or that show has to be off for the Gifted. I mean, who are you taking off? All these shows were outstanding. Yeah, um, I definitely feel like when you look at the two Netflix series, Luke Cage and Punisher. 
Netflix series in the past have obviously frontrunners. All yeah, they've all been frontrunners. They've all had a spot. It feels like on the on the nominee list. Yeah, um, two years ago we had two shows with Jessica Jones and uh, Daredevil, which won. And then last year uh, we Luke had Cage. Luke Cage on there. And I suspect next year we'll have Daredevil back on the list. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe hopefully Iron Fist will get a get a spot. Oh, yeah, you know, uh, you boy can know. dream. Yeah. <laughs> Defenders also couldn't make a spot last year, but um. We also, though, had a Hulu show in Runaways that debuted, and that uh, has a real good shot, I think, of winning this, but we'll we'll see. Um, it's going to be tough to beat those two Netflix series, though. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to focus quickly on Runaways because I think this is a show that's l- less like a superhero show than the other shows, but I think when Shamari mentions just quality television, I would challenge anyone to say, name a lot of shows that are much better than The Runaways. I mean, The Runaways just was a very solid show, and I think that uh, it tapped into a new genre for the superhero um, for the superhero genre, so to speak. A subgenre of the superhero genre that, that we had. Cloak and Dagger. That we had, yes, and Cloak and Dagger that we didn't have yet. The teen hero, the teen storyline, bringing that uh, kind of like Degrassi or Breakfast Club element to the superhero uh, genre is not something we've seen on television yet. I don't know why. It seems like it seems like a, a, a home run. Uh, teens and kids love superheroes. Soap opera, kids super teen super operas, as evidenced by uh, the popularity of River, Riverdale, is just they're just dying for that kind of stuff. So I don't know why they haven't tried to do something like this earlier. But it's, it was not too little too late for me. I still very much enjoyed the Runaways. Uh, you guys mentioned how great Punisher was. I agree. I think that it was uh, definitely uh, an underrated show this year. And Agents of Shield, I think, comes back similar. I think Agents of Shield kind of looks at a lot of these, a lot of these categories where maybe in years past they kind of won handedly with Leopold, with Gemma. Um, I think she she won uh, best female supporting character last year. Oh no, it was Iris. Um, I think maybe two years ago she won. But even regardless. Uh, some of these other characters, some of these categories, where Agents of Shield, which had been so dominant in a lot of these categories, won easily. I think they look at the show looks at itself now. If they were cared about us doing this, they'd be like, "This is not going to be as easy as before." I mean, this that shows list is stacked. So, uh, I think that's going to be a fun discussion. I'm, I'm excited to look through these episodes again and kind of see where I want to go in terms of my vote for the third annual Jenny Awards. Oh, uh, CW shows are nowhere to be found for best show. And that's another <laughs> major thing. I mean, because CW is kind of the reason why we're doing this. So I think for them... Don't get mad, CW. Don't cancel all your shows. <laughs> don't, don't. I know they're listening. Don't terminate Berlanti's contract. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't come at us and be like, you no longer have rights to our show, to watch our shows or whatever. Don't, come, right. don't come at us. At Funk Master Flex, I to say, don't be mad at us, be mad at yourself. <laughs> be mad. <laughs> so, uh, so we'll see what happens. Hopefully, I think, hopefully, CW does much better work this year. Um, uh, we all agree they fell off. I actually think Supergirl improved over last season, but not enough to get on this list. But there are two linchpins, the staples, uh, Arrow and, uh, and Flash took a step back. I think Arrow took a slight step back from last year, and I think flash it, it, in, in like lightning quickness ran backwards in terms of where it's been since the last really two seasons of of mediocrity so 
hopefully they get their actors together. You know that we have they've been chirping. You know Grant Gustin, he's been feeling a type of way about how people are talking about him. Uh, I think I think I do think that it is reflective of some of the heat that they're facing for what has been some lackluster work, and I hope that they're motivated to give us something much better. I think they have the talent. We know they have the talent. It's about putting it together. New showrunners this year. Hopefully, something changes. Yep, agree. Um, that does it for our show. So if you guys want to check out the Jenny Awards, we're on September 9th as the date for the Jenny Awards. So that podcast will be available. Uh, probably that night or day definitely the next morning on september 10th it'll be up but we will certainly be recording on that uh september 9th so be on the lookout for that of course be on the lookout for all of our episodes on the new generation podcast network on soundcloud and itunes check us out on stitcher as well follow us on facebook new generation uh media follow us on twitter at new generation pod follow us on instagram at new generation podcast of course follow us on youtube as well uh that's a youtube i don't know uh uh, anyway, follow us on YouTube if you don't. Subscribe, New Generation Media, like our videos, and comment as well. Uh, follow us around on uh, Instagram and Snapchat, MCSham22. Follow me on Twitter at EJ underscore Stewart and on Instagram at ActionEJ. That does it for now. We'll be back next week with a normal edition of Hero Talk. And we got to give Kendall a nice send-off here. Kendall, uh, Shamari Kendall is uh, heading to yeah, back to college this year. Thank back. you for for uh, for being in house all summer. We're looking forward to uh, getting you back here whenever you can while you uh, finish up your uh, junior year of college. So good luck to you. Uh, we wish you well. And I'll be talking to you, of course, on the, the Sports Talk podcast as well. But uh, thank you guys again for listening in. For Kendall, for Shamari, I'm EJ. Peace.